I got Vivek Sexuals all in my mentions, crying, because I had the nerve to criticize their alleged savior. The Griff Report starts now. Two, one, boom. Hotep Jesus. Of all the Jesuses I know, he's the Hotepiest. Social scientist and YouTube host, Hotep Jesus. How the fuck do you get a name like Hotep Jesus? The one and only Hotep Jesus. Brian Sharp, better known to the world as Hotep Jesus. Hotep Jesus. Hotep Jesus. Hotep, Hotep, Hotep Jesus. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. Somebody said, what do you think you are? Some kind of Hotep Jesus? Ooh, and that's I was good. Just like, ooh, that's sexy. <laughs> yes, I do think I'm Hotep Jesus. What's up, people? Welcome to the Griff Report. I'm your host, Hotep Jesus, the Griff God. Hotep Jesus. Hotep Jesus. Hotep. Hotep Jesus. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. It's Hotep Thursday. What's up, people? How y'all feeling? Disclaimer, this stream contains adult humor and was created strictly for comedic and artistic purposes. No offense is intended toward any private individuals featured in this video. Trying to cover my ass, you know what I'm saying? Motherfuckers get the, get the attorney bug out this mob. Let me check on my chatters. See what's going on with my chatters, my chitter chatters. What up, chatters? Vivek Salami. <laughs> Vilmar, what up, man? Big Poppy in the house. Pause. HJ, what's the phone number? 202-596-5631. Text Hotep in your name to 202-596-5631. All right. If you want to get it on the phone calls, starts around 3 p.m. What up, Emmanuel? Emmanuel in the house. Dante Nero wants to know, uh, are there any Gen Z Hoteps out there? Shout out to my Gen Z Hoteps. Uh, shout out to Kay. Interstellar, what up, bro? Griff got on deck. You already know. I saw somebody arguing today with Goldstein on Twitter. He had the nerve to, to question Goldstein. And the only thing I could think to myself was, this dude must not watch the Griff Report. And that's a shame. If you got Hotep in your name, if you consider your, yourself a Hotep, and you're not watching the programming, you just checking for us on Twitter, you are not even getting 5% of what you need to get when you come to the hoteps. Not even 5%. Disgusting. I just, it just, it makes my stomach turn. Anyways, you already know, we get into the headline story today. You know, most programs, what most programs do is they usually hold you hostage and then they talk about the story today at the end so that the viewers stay longer fuck y'all if y'all want to go you can go we're going to go right into the headline story and then we're going to get into some ratchet shenanigans of the internet i think uh megan kelly came down with the autoimmune disease following a vaccination so we're going to look at that and some other ratchet stuff hanging around in the griff bag um but we're going to start off right, right away with Anomaly versus Vivek. Now, yesterday was the day that they had this conversation. And um, I didn't watch it live, mostly because I just didn't give a fuck, you know. And I'll tell you why. It's just because uh, Vivek comes off like a con artist, a professional con artist. And uh, Anomaly's not equipped to handle something like that. He's just not equipped to handle a professional, seemingly con, con artist. So I didn't really have much hope that Anomaly would be able to pin this guy in a corner, which I know Anomaly was going to try and do. Right. Um, but you know, Anomaly's got all types of receipts on Vivek. But I didn't think any of this stuff would stick, mostly because Vivek is, he's a slithering, he's a slithering shapeshifter. His team's got all this stuff figured out. But this morning I watched it because yesterday people were texting, uh, ta uh, tagging me on Twitter, Hotep, watched the debate. You know, um, I think some people in the chat yesterday mentioned something about, hey, you're going to watch it. So I watched it this morning. It was about 30 minutes long or something like that. And I saw all I needed to see, and my assumptions were correct. So here's Anomaly's post-debate, 
post-interview statement. He said, um... <laughs> Anop... <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's just let's just read this. Let's just read this before I I lose my mind. All right. He says, I gave one of the only journalistic hard hitting interviews of the year to a Republican candidate from the right and asked the questions everyone else refused to ask. Now, hard hitting is something I would not call this interview. This interview definitely was not hard hitting. Um but it did ask the questions everyone else refused to ask. He's right. That did happen. That did happen. Um, now they're trying to make it so no candidate will ever come on my platform again. Narrative control. Yeah. Um, anomalies got, I mean, he's, he, the, the left is trying to cancel him and like, you know, call him anti-Semite and all types of things like that. I don't think he's that. Although... He do got some side quests. He do got some side quests he got to do for some of them tweets. <laughs> Here's somebody replies and goes, great interview. And I think Vivek did well. <laughs> this is why I refuse. I refuse to interview Vivek. I refuse to interview him. It's a huge waste of my time. The only thing it would be good for is clicks. And I think that's what Anomaly got out of this is clicks. Maybe some subscribers. Some people never heard of him before. So other than grifting off of Vivek, it's pretty much useless having a conversation with him. You can't have a conversation with a professional seemingly con artist. You just can't do that. It's just not possible. You're just going to get a bunch of bullshit responses. So the guy says, did he sway you at all? <laughs> I got to pray over this fella. Alhamdulillah. Are you open to learning more about him? <laughs> you know, every time I get hope for humanity, somebody says some shit like this. And this is like, like, what? Like, what? So I'm only going to play one clip from the interview. So so let me just tell you my litmus test for knowing if an interview was good or not. Usually if an interview was good. Somewhere within the 24 hour time period after the close of that interview, there are going to be clips circulating, some viral clips from this interview. Nothing circulated. So I knew yesterday post interview because I hadn't seen any clips because nothing trended. That anomaly probably um, couldn't pin anything on Vivek quite well, which I didn't think was possible. I don't think anybody can. Nobody can really corner Vivek. You can't corner a slithering lizard. It's going to slither out of the corner. That's what it's designed to do. It's designed to slither. You cannot pin Vivek in a corner because he's a professional slitherer, which is why I won't interview him because he's just going to slither. Now, I will say this about Vivek. There are conversations he can't slither out of. And that's one with Sonny Johnson. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotep, See, he took Anomaly, but he won't take Sonny Johnson. Okay, so let's talk about that before we pull up the Anomaly clip. Why did he take the Anomaly interview and not the Sonny Johnson interview? Well, because all of the homework is laid out for him. All you had to do, all him and his team had to do was go on Twitter, take Legendary, legendary Energy, at Legendary Energy, put it with Vivek, and see all the tweets that he made about Vivek, then him and his team put together a list of rebuttals and you enter the debate based upon uh, preconceived questions. You already knew, Vivek knew exactly what was coming at him when he interviewed Anomaly. Also, they controlled the time restraint. It was supposed to be like 30 minutes or something. I think they went to 50 minutes or something like that. So they, they also controlled the time limit so that you can't really... You can't really pin somebody down in a conversation because there's so much groundwork that needs to be laid out in the first 30 minutes of a conversation, sometimes before you really get into the meat of the conversation. And this was like the problem with HotepCon. We were having these conversations with really big minds like Tanai and like an hour in, it's over. But like we had just gotten got started, you know, 
So next year, we're going to do much longer talks with Tanai and Rook and Sonny and the XCOM. We're going to do the XCON panel. So point being, with the time controls, you can't pin him in a corner because he's going to spend so much time running his mouth. You'll never really be able to pin him in a corner. So what's the difference between Anomaly and Sonny? You can't go on Sonny's platform, type in Vivek, and see all of the things he's trying to pin him in the corner. So Vivek is going into the interview blind. And that's a disadvantage. Okay. When you go into it with Sonny, also you have to go into it with an intellectual mind. Not talking points, not bringing up things about my past. Right? Because that's what Nomaly does. He goes based upon, here's what you did in the past. You know, you had the Soros and the pharmaceutical and this and that. And, right? Like all the things... That don't take any thinking. It just takes preparation. But Sonny, Sonny's going to challenge your thinking. You're Like, he's going to have to go off script. And one thing about these politicians is they need to stay on script. So they, he won't have a conversation with Sonny because that's going to take him into a land where there is no script. Okay? So that's why he'll take the conversation with Sonny. Or won't take the conversation with Sonny, but will take the one with Anomaly. Now... Let's go to the interview. And I'm only going to play one clip and just one clip just to show you how he cannot. Well, I would say how he was how how Anomaly was ill prepared and how most people are ill prepared to speak to Vivek. Right. Because remember, Vivek's smarter than you. Right. Let's see. What's up, my friends? Today's the day. Presidential hopeful Vivek Ramaswamy joins my channel to go over... All right. Let's pull it up on the screen. Without further ado, let's take a look. All right. Here we go. I'm going to put this on your screen. We're going to take a look at Vivek versus Anomaly. And at the end of the day... I'm just going to fast forward to one part, just one part, just to show you how many people are not equipped to have a conversation with Vivek. Right. And it's not because they're stupid. It's just simply because they're ignorant of how the rest of the world works. So your average your average influencer, right, your average influencer has no real life experience. Let's just let's just call it spade a spade. Your average influencer has no real life experience, right? They've never had a real job. They they they've never um, launched a startup, worked in a startup. Very little real life experience, right? They don't have kids. They don't have a wife. Anyway. So you have somebody like Anomaly, who I love Anomaly. Anomaly's cool. I think he does fabulous work when he does his investigative journalism. When he does his documentary style stuff, fabulous work. Great detail. However, he's not a businessman. And in order to pin down a businessman in a business conversation, you got to be a businessman. But many of these influencers, all they know is their investigative journalism, their talking points. And however they feel. Now, Anomaly is not really a talking point guy. I can't say that. But most influencers are. Right. But not to Anomaly's fault. He's not a business guy. So let's go to the clip and I'll show you exactly what I'm talking about, where Vivek is able to slither right through this, right through this and easily too. like Vivek laughs at him. OK. Um, hold on a second. Let me check on my chatters and then we're going to go to the clip. What up, chat? Rudy in the house. EMP. Russo. Rudy said anomaly is trash. He brought he blocked protocol for nothing. Did he? Oh yeah, shout out Strong Dad. Happy birthday, Strong Dad. Yeah no. Yeah no. Happy birthday, man. He probably working on his birthday. Um, he said, Vivek isn't that smart. He just rambles a lot. Anomaly did a decent job with the interview. All right. Anomaly looking like Drake cousin. <laughs> All right, let's go to the, let's go to the clip. I found it. I did do business in China. I see how ugly it is. 
You can't do business in China if you're critical of the CCP. Honestly, for many business, if they criticize the United States, they roll out the red carpet. So I started my second major business, Strive. It's an asset management firm. I don't know if you know much about Strive, but it competes with BlackRock and State Street and Vanguard by rejecting the ESG orthodoxy. I did something that no major U.S. asset manager has ever done. I made a day one commitment that Strive would never do business in China. And as I said, right. even in my 20s, I really was, wasn't particularly political. But I came to my views, especially on China, because of my experiences. And so, yes, I, I feel bad for Anomaly. He's looking at his notes. He's looking at the chat. He's trying to pin him down. He's 31 minutes into the interview and still hasn't pinned this motherfucker. It's impossible, Anomaly. You cannot do it. I feel bad for Anomaly. I talk about that openly, which is why I've been the most vocal CEO against China. Watch this. Now, right here is the clip I want you to pay attention to. And in favor of cutting the cord of probably any CEO in the United States. And I challenge you to find one who's been even more vocal than me on it. Speaking of BlackRock, uh, Newsweek reported recently that while you've been uh, openly vocal against ESG policies, that Royvant, your company's major institutional investors, include Morgan Stanley, Viking Global, and BlackRock, the very firms he criticizes, are amongst his largest stakeholders, owning yeah. over uh, 500 million. You see Vivek laugh? You see Vivek laugh? That's how you know he comfortable. <laughs> he like, oh, you're going to try this, huh? Poor, naive kid. Now watch this. This is where I'm on Vivek's side. And I've told y'all about this in the past. And I'm going to explain it after he answers the questions. I told y'all this shit in the past. That y'all just can't do this shit. And shares in your it's company. It's hilarious, right? So, so you want to know? It is. It is, yeah. It, it, and the, the thing that makes it hilarious is that people have to know how the system works, right? Don't you got to know how the system works. <laughs> and these influencers don't know how the system works. Don't be duped by anybody. You want to know why BlackRock's the top shareholder of every American company that's publicly listed? The company I founded is listed on the stock exchange. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Just like that. Got him. You know what I mean? You see these headlines and shit, but even on the Griff Report, like when we dive into headlines, we dive into information, you always see me like double check and fact check myself and make sure what I'm saying is correct. But right here, it's like, well, you want to know the way it works is BlackRock, State Street and Vanguard automatically own your companies, whether or not you have a choice in the matter. You don't choose your shareholders as a public company. And I don't have to finish the clip. Iced them right there. Iced them right there. That's it. And that's why I say y'all got to be careful because you're right wing talking heads. And I'm not talking about anomaly. I'm talking about the people that wrote the Newsweek article or wherever anomaly got his information from these right wing talking heads. Some of them know what's going on, but they know everybody else doesn't. Right. So what happens is they'll say, oh, BlackRock is one of the investors in this company. But is it a private company or is it a public company? And if it's a private company, who's the majority shareholder? Is it BlackRock? Is it Vivek? Is it somebody else? <laughs> right? But if the company's public, you don't control who's buying shares. Like Verizon can't stop me. Well, Visa. Visa is a company I buy stock in. Visa can't stop me from buying shares in the company. I go on my app and I place an order and I fucking get the shares. You can't stop BlackRock from investing in your company when it's a publicly traded company. It's not how the system works. <laughs> so they'll set you up and say, oh, look, BlackRock, the bad guy. Right. BlackRock is one of the largest investment firms on the planet. You And I said this a few weeks ago. I said you cannot just say somebody's evil because they have a BlackRock investment. It's really hard to have a corporation that's worth $100 million plus and not get BlackRock money. That's how ubiquitous BlackRock is. It's like saying, oh, he's evil because he uses Windows and that's tied to Bill Gates. What? <laughs> Where we at? <laughs> like, 
And this is how we get screwed over. And this is how we should, we, we get screwed over. Because people think, because BlackRock is on the cap table over there. Well, not even on the official cap table, just an investor for the public company. Um, Here they are. <laughs> so, again, I don't have to play any more of the interview. When, when I got to that part of the interview, I was just like, see, like, Omnomaly's just out of his league. He's absolutely out of his league. And even some of the questions where he was like able to definitively say that Vivek was wrong. You know what Vivek did? He apologized. That's what Vivek did throughout this interview. Anytime anomaly, like for example, when he brought up the things that Vivek said about the vaccines, right? First of all, it's not a question I would have asked Vivek. I'm not asking Vivek any of these questions that are already out there, right? Let's have an let's have an intellectual conversation about life, right? And let me see where you are then, right? But he asked him these 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 this question about um um damn wait what was I saying? Oh shit, I lost my thought. Fucking going off on a on a tangent. Oh. Yeah, so Vivek apologizes. So he pins him to the vaccine and 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 then and then and then and then he he just simply apologizes, right? Like Vivek just apologizes. He goes, "You know what? I was wrong." And it makes Vivek look good cuz he admits that he's wrong. Most people wouldn't even admit that they're wrong, but Vivek's smart enough to 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 at least put on the persona of being a good guy and admitting he's wrong. So you couldn't even pin him on that because every time he did, I think two or three times in the interview, he got Vivek to say, I was wrong about that. And I was wrong about this. And I was wrong about that. But that's why I wouldn't ask those questions because they all come with an out of, I was just wrong and people are not perfect and I'm allowed to be wrong. Which is why I wouldn't ask him those questions, you know? And I knew what anomaly was going to come with. I know he's going to come with his receipts, but you can't come with receipts to to a slitherer. He's a slitherer. You can't pin him down. Not possible. So everybody see how that goes. Um yeah, he made he made a, he made Anomaly look silly right there. But it's only because Anomaly is just he's just a young cat who's an influencer. He's not really in the biz. He doesn't study business. Some of us out here like I'm a businessman. I study business. So I wouldn't ask him that question. I don't give a fuck who's, you know, if BlackRock is funding his project or not. That's not what my concern is. My concern is, are you a real fucking human being? And let me pull you off the talking points. Let me pull you into, into waters you've never explored before. I wanted Anomaly to do that. That's why Vivek won't talk to Sonny Johnson. Um, Y'all are so weird that you give him so much credit for typical uh, politician answers. No, no, you missed the plot. You've missed the plot of what we're saying here. What we're saying is. He's going to give you typical political answers which is why you can't pin him. That's exactly my point. We're not giving him credit. Fuck Vivek. What I'm saying is Anomaly was not equipped for the conversation because he's a slithering politician, Vivek is. I'm just explaining to you how the conversation works. Anomaly also got him on past statements. This wasn't the crux of the interview. This was the crux of the interview for me. This was the crux of the interview for me. When you ask a dumbass question about BlackRock and a guy has to tell you it's a publicly traded company and laughs at you. The other stuff that the other stuff on his other statements, he just slithered out of, which I fully expected. Somebody said we should be against publicly traded companies. I don't know if I agree with that or not. Why won't Anomaly debate Sticks again? Sticks is a beast. 
Sticks is somebody that I would trust to go into a debate with Vivek. Sticks will probably be able to 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 almost pin Vivek. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you got to knock him off the talking point track. Carlos said, Anomaly only focused on contradictions. All Vivek did was read his scam script. Exactly. Exactly. And I knew that's what Anomaly was going to do. He's going to try and find all the contradictions and then pin that to him. Knowing he's he's a politician and he's just going to fucking slither out of it. He's going to lie his way out of it. He's going to just make up some shit. Slivic. Yeah, that's what we're going to call him from right now. I, I like that. Uh, Tari Slivic. You know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, that's enough about that. Let's let's go. Let's reach in the bag. See what we got before we get to our CBDC update of the day. Shout out to Anomaly. He tried his best, you know, and I appreciate him for trying. But it, again, it was an impossible task. Anomaly had an impossible task ahead of him. Um. Let's take a look here in in a vein of of Vivek. I said um I, I showed this video earlier. Here's Vivek. It's set up for the children of immigrants. It was an affirmative action scholarship, and your defense for that is that you didn't have the money to pay for law school, even though you'd already made over a million dollars true. at the time. And made my, another my defense two million of that dollars. is my defense of that you is if somebody gives you a merit scholarship at the age of twenty four, you no, take you it. Told at the age of twenty four, somebody gives you a merit scholarship, you take it. I didn't say I didn't have the money. I didn't say I didn't have the money. When I was going to law school in my mid-20s, in my early 20s, when I didn't have the money, and it was a merit scholarship, when I didn't have the money, when I didn't have the money. I didn't say I didn't have the money. When I didn't have the money. I didn't say I didn't have the money. I said at a time when I had a lot. Why do I need to have a conversation with this cat? It's nothing to have a conversation with this guy. We got him in, on 4K. What do I need to have a conversation with him about? We got him in 4K. <laughs> this y'all guy? <laughs> One minute he had the money, another minute he didn't have the money. I'm, I'm sure he's going to explain his way out of that one, right? So this guy, you know, some Fed account, he says, really, H.J. Ruparing Vivek Ramishwami? I said, listen, I know the cool thing to do is covet Vivek, but not everyone with eyes can see. And he says, a Rupar S video will help me how exactly? And I said, show me how I did that and I'll delete my tweet. And he said, well, perhaps not full Rupar. So you accuse me of some shit. Then I, I, I ask you to specify. And then I'm going to show you another example of this. I had this um, clip I posted about Eminem. Watch Trump, this. Barack Obama and, Tr and Donald Trump slick his tongue motherfucker out here. And Trump is beating Obama. I will say this. He talks a good one. And if he talks a good one, that's his fucking job, you moron. He's, he's, he's in politics. You got to talk a good one. That's his fucking job. The issue is the rest of these motherfuckers don't talk a good one. Or, 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 or the mom and dad. Or, 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 or the neighbor. The last motherfucker that talked a good one was Barack Obama. You ain't had a slick tongue motherfucker since. Now I posted this. Now let me now keep in mind when I first went to go post this I said I'm going to clip out this last part right here right where it says was Barack Obama right here where I said the last person you ain't had a slick tongue motherfucker that part right there I said I was going to clip that out I was going to clip that out because it'll be more tasty to conservatives because when they see any compliment to Obama even if it's an underhanded compliment because calling somebody slick tongue is not exactly a compliment it's an underhanded compliment but, you know, most people don't think. So I get this comment, right? This guy goes, Hotep, I like you, but come on, man. Barack, B-H-O, um, Barack Hussein Obama, continued the wishy-washy policies of Jimmy Carter and took them to the ninth degree, except he took racism to the next div uh, divisive level. I don't think he spelled that right. He continues in the shadows. And this is what I'm saying. Like, you got people, you motherfuckers can't even spell. What word is this? It's D, it's D I. Like, like, this is what I'm saying. Like, y'all hear words on the internet and shit, and then y'all start using them. And it's like, y'all don't read. And then you want to argue with a motherfucker that actually reads. So I asked him, I said, What did I say that was wrong? 
Then he comes back and goes, Hotep, my bad. <laughs> and I knew people would get triggered because you motherfuckers got small brains, yo. I went back and listened. The Obama versus uh, Trump slick tongue MFers comment spot on again. Again, my bad. I'm a white guy who loves watching you on Gutfeld, even though Greg can be annoying. Started watching you on Uncle Hotel. Now, thank you for being one of our watchers. But damn, like Obama's so triggering. So I asked him, I said, why do y'all get so triggered when people mention Obama? He says, my bad. I need to listen first and then think about the subject matter. Thanks. Just watch you and your interview with Alex Jones. I would try to be a better listener and understanding human being. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's good. That's a good solution to this. But this is what's wrong with conservatives. Mention one little open. Like everybody, Tucker drops an interview about some gay dude sucking Barack Obama's dick. And every, it's got fucking 20 million views or whatever the fuck is on the channel you think i'm going to watch that i'm not going to watch it i'm not triggered by obama i'm not going to listen to stories about gay sex i'm a heterosexual male and the same conservative people who complain day in day out about the rainbow flag and transphobia and homophobia are the first ones to turn on this salacious fucking uh, 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 content about gay sex. This is what we doing. This is what we doing. This is what we doing. Y'all watching content about gay sex? All y'all need some Bud Light. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. I tweeted yesterday. I said somebody husband out there is watching this shit and he got a smile on his face. Some dude's like, well, it's because the Democrats been protecting them so long. We finally get some get back. This is your get back. This is your get back. Some gay crackhead telling a story about gay sex. <laughs> this is your get back. I didn't care when they said. Trump was grabbing women by their pussy. I didn't give a fuck because I know it's some bullshit ass news. Mention Obama. Here they come. How dare you say that, Hotep? What did I say? Oh, wait, my bad. You didn't actually say anything. <laughs> what? This is why I hate Twitter. I might play this. Piss off some people. Um... Let's go to New York City Mayor, see what he's saying. Never in my life have I had a problem that I did not see an ending to. I don't see an ending to this. I don't see an ending to this. This issue will destroy New York City. Destroy New York City. We're getting 10,000 migrants a month. Uh oh. Hold on, I want to pay attention to this, and I'm trying to catch up on chatters at the same time. Big Ron Bees is at 1,001 gay stories out there. Doesn't get, does get 99% fake. I don't know if it's valid or not, but I don't give a fuck. He said, that's great, man. Mention anything black around here and they get mad as shit for real. That's why part of my brand now is posting some pro black shit on the timeline just to fucking get rid of people who are just fucking retarded. Today, I posted that video that said, um, it's got some white man interviewed by Sam Tripoli from the tinfoil podcast. Um, and he's basically saying that black people were the original people on this land of America. And uh, I didn't say it. A white man said it. And all I did was post a video and quote him. And people are arguing with me. And I'm just like, I'm really not about to argue about that shit because I really don't give a fuck. But it's just amazing at what triggers people. Black people learn how to read. No, they didn't. I had somebody tell me the other day. They said um, black people never transcribed their history. They weren't into recording their history. Meanwhile, I'm looking at the papyri and me like, what the fuck do you think this shit is? What do you think all of these papyruses were? You think that wasn't records? You think the story 
of the of uh, the Osirian drama, which is about the Nile Valley civilization that people took a historical record and turned into the Bible. Do I got to go on that tangent? Let me go on that tangent real quick. Very, very quick. I'll do this in 30 seconds. You had upper and lower Egypt. Set represented. I think lower Egypt, if I'm not mistaken, or upper. I can't remember. But really what you had were two factions that were warring. And when they told the story, they they personified these regions as people. One of them has has been set. The other one has been Heru. So Heru and set. Right. This becomes the Osirian drama. The Osirian drama is taught to Greeks and Romans and various other people and then becomes adapted as the story of the New Testament. OK. This is historical fact. I know some of you guys believe in the Bible. Bible is not a historical text. It's not a historical record. It would like to be. I know you guys think it is, but it's not a historical record. It's a religious text. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you guys want to follow religious texts, I will never say anything bad about that. You probably should. It's a lot of good things in there. But as far as historical record, it's the Osirian drama. Like, let's just call a spade a spade. The New Testament is the Osirian drama. And only people that 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 don't want to accept that are people that are Bible thumpers. And I can't help you because, well, that might pull you. That might challenge your faith. But I don't think this is this should. I don't think this is not. This is not from the movie Zeitgeist. I, I've seen the movie Zeitgeist. This is not what we're talking about. Meta step. I know you're triggered. It's going to be OK. Just breathe. All right. Um, and I only say this shit just to trigger y'all because y'all just so fickle. Y'all don't even do any fucking research. Um, you just fucking believe whatever you've been taught your whole life. And that's okay too, I guess. Todd, uh, Mayek said the old Testament is Sumerian remixes. See what I'm saying? <laughs> See what I'm saying? <laughs> this shit been passed down and stepped on, yo. Is Osiris Jesus? No, no, you can't do it. You see, you can't just make direct adaptations to it. It's just the story carries the same overall. See, this is why I didn't want to spend too much time on this. Let's go back. Let's just talk about the mayor NYC. That's a lot easier for you guys. One time we were just in Venezuela. Now we get Ecuador. Now we get Russia speaking coming through Mexico. Now we get uh, Western Africa. Now we get people from all over the globe that made their mind. Now we get Russia speaking coming through Mexico. Now we get uh, Western Africa. Wait a second. <laughs> what? Russians and Africans? Now we get people from all over the globe that made their minds up that they're going to come through the <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> we ain't gonna talk about the Hispanic people. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna let it slide. The border and coming to New York City, and everyone is saying it's New York City's problem. Every community. Um, Metastep is asking for documentation. Here, I'm gonna get give you some documentation to read. Um, you should read. Um, here, I'll put it on the screen. Let's do. Uh, Codex game over. Right? Um, so Codex Game Over, a documentation collation of the original ancient Egyptian African text and the later biblical plagiarization. That's by Shaka himself. I suggest getting that first and foremost so you can see the literal translations back and forth. And then um African origins of Christianity and I think this is by uh, Woods um, oh, oh. Oh. John G I think it's John G John G something alright here's one uh, African origin of Christianity volume one but that's not the one. I mean, this, this, the, the thing is, that's why I hate arguing about this shit, because it's like a fucking million books about this shit. John G. Jackson. That's the one I'm talking about. John G. Jackson. 
that that one is like you know a, a fucking third grader can read this book um so john g jackson he has a bunch of books here christianity before christ ethiopian and the origin of civilization um man god and civilization pagan origins of the christ myth uh the golden ages of africa introductions i mean this is stuff i've read when i was a kid man like like y'all really got to play fucking catch up. This is the shit my dad used to make me read while I went to fucking church. Like, hey, take this take this book with you to church and see what they say. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I was a troublemaker in, in, in Christian school. And they called it CCD, Christian class. Aesop's fable comes from East Africa. That's correct. But it's just like, and this is why I say... When it comes to the powers that be and it comes to history and history being taught, especially so-called black history. It's not black people, the only ones that are hurt by this is white people that are being hurt by this stuff because you don't know your history. You don't know any history. What they did was they veiled your eyes and they closed it off to give you a fake perception of yourself. So you don't even know. Like when I called Shaka and he gave us the history of the court of wearing the Yumnaya tribe. You don't even know you're not Caucasian anymore. You don't even know that you're not Caucasian anymore. You don't know your lineage. I make one phone call to the master teacher and the master teacher comes on and, and we do a whole class on the origin of white people. Why white people ain't teach you the origin of white people? Because they wanted to feed you a fake story so you would be at odds with black people. And this is why you have racism today. Racism is in part due to the fact that history is not taught in correctness. It's not taught in order, a.k.a. chronology, because when it comes to black people, they teach slavery first. So y'all are fucked. This is why y'all can't even this is why you guys can't even navigate the political landscape because you don't even have great historical knowledge in order to, to if you ever look at any great politician their study is of history their study is of great warriors and empires and y'all not studied up on that shit y'all studied up on it from a Houghton Mifflin like oh I learned about this in high school right like books given to you did you go and seek out any books and materials to go do the research on your own time and did you go and look at contradictory information to the shit you learned? Because when I learned some shit, like when I was reading about the Russian revolu Revolution, I read two biographies on Rasputin. I read one that was pro-Rasputin and one that was anti-Rasputin. And I found the middle ground, which was the truth about the, the sisters and stuff he was running around with, doing sexual favors with. Like, y'all really got to study, study. Let's go back. In this city is going to be impacted. We had a $12 billion deficit that we're going to have to cut. Every service in this city is going to be impacted. All of us. And so I say to you, as I turn it over to you, this is some, some of the most educated, some of the most knowledgeable, Probably more of my commissioners and deputy commissioners and chiefs live in this community. So as you asked me a question about migrants, tell me what role you played. How many of you organized to stop what they're doing to us? How many of you were part of the movement to say, we're seeing what this mayor is trying to do and they're destroying New York City? It's gonna come to your neighborhoods. All of us are going to be impacted by this. I said it last year when we had 15,000. I'm telling you now, with 110,000, mm. the city we knew, we're about to lose. Mm. And we're all in this together, all of us. Staten Island said, send them out to Manhattan. Manhattan is saying, send them out to Queens. Queens is saying, send them out to Brooklyn. No. It's not the game we can play. Mm. Over the floor. <laughs> Seems like they have an immigration problem in New York. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> the fuck? What you think was going to happen? Let's go to Megyn Kelly. I feel bad for Megyn Kelly. 
Let's see. I regret getting the vaccine, even though I'm a 52-year-old woman, because I don't think I needed it. I think I would have been fine. I'd got COVID many times, and I it was well past when the vac- vaccine was doing what it was supposed to be doing. Um, and then for the first time, I tested positive for an autoimmune issue at my annual physical. Hmm. And I asked... I went, I went to- the best rheumatologist in New York, and I asked her, do you think this could have to do with the fact that I got the damn booster and then got COVID within three weeks? And she said, yes, yes, I wasn't the only one she'd seen that way. I regret. So Megyn Kelly contracting autoimmune disorder, something that anti-vaxxers have talked about um, with various types of vaccines, even prior to. There's a documentary on Netflix about it. I don't know what it's called. I forget. But um, or it was on Netflix. But autoimmune disorder, for example, um, autism is classified as an autoimmune disorder. And they were uh, many anti-vaxxers said that uh, vaccines were causing this autoimmune disorder. And we have this big spike in autism. And, you know, all the pro-vaxxers and people who are brainwashed basically said, no, that's not true. Bye, 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 bye. So, yeah. Um, all right, I actually got time for this next clip since we're in a mood of infuriating white people today. Um, let's play this clip. Okay, if you're into Tartaria, you should be into Barbaria too, because they're the same word. Tartaria means east of Rome, because we have a Roman history, guys. Remember, we have a Roman history. Tartaria means east of Rome. Barbaria means west of Rome. That's why you have Berbers in North Africa that are black. And you have barbarians in Germany and Scandinavia that are white. It's a Roman perspective to history. Okay, so Barbaria and Tartaria are the same thing. Well, in the Barbary Wars, where America was fighting Moors, we were fighting Morocco, Mauritania, um, Algeria, I think, these Moorish countries. That was in the uh, 18, early 1800s, mid-1800s, the Barbary Wars. As soon as we won the Barbary Wars fighting North African Moorish pirates, what happened in America? The age of piracy in South Florida. The Navy, the U.S. Navy, immediately left North Africa and came to the Gulf of Mexico and the Caribbean and Key West, and they enacted martial law in Key West in the name of fighting piracy. So who were these pirates that, that they were fighting that just popped up in Key West? Well, Florida was acquired in a late 18-teens, early 1820s, right, officially. In 1820, there was not a single permanent resident in Key West. By 1830, Key West was the richest city in America. How is that possible? That's crazy, dude. And, and we're told that it was all due to pirates that were making such good money and shipwreckers and uh, divers, treasure divers. Well, I guess all these pirates were doing their taxes if, <laughs> if Florida, you know, if Key West became the richest city in America. And it was the most populated city in Florida. One problem. There was no bridge. <laughs> you had to get there by boat. So what was going on in Key West where it was in a matter of nine years went from not having a single person living there to being America's richest city? What happened? Well, it was pirates. It was the Barbers, the Berbers, the Seminoles, Semitic people. But uh, they showed. Oh, hold on. So you're saying in. I think they moved in? They just moved in with all their pirate booty. It's it's more just that the magnifying glass went to Florida because they were fighting the Moors. Oh, America. Okay. America was fighting the Moors in North Africa. As soon as that war ended, we unofficially started fighting the Moors in South Florida. Okay. Oh, so we went in, took over, and then we're like, oh, yeah, by the way, there's a lot of gold here, and now it's the richest city out there. Yes. Whoa, bro. Yep. And the, when the first railroad got to Key West, the population plummeted. So think about that. The only way to get there was um, by boat up until uh, early 1900s, 1910s, I think, 1920s, maybe. When the first railroad got to Key West, that flagler used slaves to build, right? And Seminoles. They're using Seminoles and slaves to build it. Um, when they got there, the population decreased. So how does that make sense? If this is the first time that you can actually access it by land, all the people just leave? Makes very, very little sense. So they sense. went there and killed everybody. Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They no. went there, killed everything, transferred the wealth to essentially the white people, the new the new white people. And, uh, the, the, you know, that's that's all there is to the story, really. Oh, my God, dude, this is just so fucking blows my mind because, like, you know, this is Sam speaking. There has been a giant psyop against the black community, uh, this victimhood put on them, that they all came here in a fucking boat, defeated, and turned into slaves, right? When in reality, 
they discovered America and we're here before a lot of people. Hey, Sam said it, not me. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. Let's go on to our CBDC <laughs> story of the day. <laughs> Listen, y'all think y'all know history. Y'all don't know history. If you've never dug in and spent like a weekend or several, I can't even say a weekend. It's going to take a lot more than a weekend. But let's just make it easy. If you never dug in on a weekend and really like dove into some literature, you can't really do it on YouTube. Back in the day, you could have did it on YouTube. Now you can't really. YouTube search is trash now. But it used to be a time where you could use YouTube. But there's so much information out there that's hidden from us. And it's all about, you know, protecting. I'm going to say it. It's about protecting white supremacy. And I hate that word. I don't even believe in, in, in it. Because white supremacy is a myth, right? There is no such thing as white supremacy. White supremacy is when you hide history, right? And you make white people think that they made everything that's great in the world and nobody else did, right? Nobody else had any contribution to history. So subconsciously that does something to white people. So then when you show them, hey, did you know that white people are illiterate until the African presence in Europe? They have a hard time dealing with that. Did you know that your greatest scholars from Greece went to university in Africa and you know and then they mentioned things like you know um, Africans didn't record their history and all that stuff meanwhile when you looked at the Mali Empire well I don't even got to go to the Mali Empire all you gotta do is look at what Alexander the Great did you know these people were such savages that when they came across books and they couldn't read them they just burned them and that 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 goes to for example, let's just type this in. Right. So what happens is. Um, so it says right here on his pursuit of Pompeii into Egypt in 48 BCE, Caesar was cut off by a large fleet of Egyptian boats in the harbor of Alexandria. He ordered the boats to be burned. The fleet was destroyed, but the flames were spread. It's not known how much of the library was destroyed, right? So what happens is you have, um, I'll just, you know, just to be frank, white people burn black books and then say, look, they never had none. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you guys didn't record your history. Well, yeah, it's easy to say that. Well, first, after you plunder the books and then you hide them in the Vatican library, that's another story for another day all the books plundered from Africa and stored in the Vatican library, how much knowledge is in there. Then you got Nikolai Tesla talking about the stuff he learned from the Moors and the, and the documentation he got from the Moors, right? All of this stuff comes, like they, they branched off of African technology and understanding. That's why I say colonization actually stunted the growth of technology across the world. But again, like, anyway, let's, let's go to something that maybe you guys can understand and, or I should say stomach. Um, so, uh, the digital rupee real quick, this is, um, this, this next section here is sponsored by Syscoin. Okay. Sponsored by Syscoin. We got the new super dap coming soon. New super dap, the real everything app. Make sure you get in tune. Okay. If you hit the link in the description box below to take you to our telegram group. In the Telegram group, people are learning crypto very easily, but also you will get paid to use social media and the app, et cetera, et cetera. There's an airdrop coming soon. This is totally free. There's no sign-up fees. You know, sometimes people scam you and say, hey, you know, you got to... No, none of that. Just fucking money falling out the air, a.k.a. airdrop. So if you want to participate, join our Telegram group. All right, let's go back. Wholesale CBDC. So real quick, basically what happened is uh, the digital rupee with the digital rupee, the central bank basically said as a part of their interoperability campaign, um, they're targeting the call money market. And um, the call money market is actually very interesting, right? Because this is how a lot of the panics were caused. Um, you know, um, I think panic of 1819 and, and, and several others. But basically it just comes down to the fact that when the central bank feels like calling back those loans, you got to pay them back. And that really 
jolted the economy. So anyway, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with the call money market, because when the bank calls, you got to pay up. You know what I'm saying? And it's very I want to see what's going to happen with that, because since it's a CBDC, they can it's they can program the money. So they don't have you don't they don't have to wait for you to send the money. They will just program the money to come back or just burn and mint. Yeah, they could just burn it on your side and mint it on their side, which is how a lot of the programming of this stuff works. If you're into uh, crypto, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but if you're not, you probably could follow that conversation, too. All right, let's go to the next one. No, not this. Let's close that. Let's close that. Let's close that. Um, more out of India. A lot of, lot of news coming out of India. So the main thing here is, again, how they're selling the CBDC, right? So first of all, uh, Mr. Uh, Adhikari, governor of the Nepal Rastra Bank, basically says that digitalization is a top priority at the bank, right? So top priority is CBDC for this uh, governor of the bank. And he gave a talk. He gave a talk at FinTech Fest 2023. Well, what was the premise of his talk? The premise of his talk was empowering financial inclusion. that DEI shit you know what I mean they're gonna use black people and poor people to sell this shit right when it gets here they're gonna use black women specifically to sell this shit um anyway and, and remember I said that um empowering financial inclusion through fintech innovation Nepal's journey towards a more inclusive financial landscape how many times can you include the word inclusive in, your, in the title of your talk included it twice just to hammer it home I guess so again when it comes to the United States you know how it's going to be sold it's going to be sold under the guise of inclusion okay let's go to the last story here and we're going to open up phone lines if you want to get on the phone lines text 202-596-5631 with Hotep in your name do not cut the line because I'm not going to pick up the phone call for you text Hotep in your name to 202-596-5631 okay so Philippines is getting a CBDC pretty much indefinitely, according to BSP, um, their central bank. And it said that they're going to be using Hyperledger's fabric uh, distributed uh, ledger technology. We talked about this before. Blockchain is a branch of distributed ledger technology. I did some research on that this morning. Still got some more research to do on DLT, distributed ledger technology. But basically, it's not centralized Um information in the, the 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 data is stored in different places um which which to me just it's hard to wrap my mind around because that's how i see again because blockchain is a branch of distributed ledger technology it's hard for me to understand distributed ledger technology because blockchain is distributed ledger technology so i have to do more research on that to really understand what's happening here i get it from a visual perspective but I don't get it enough to explain it to somebody else. Like I understand what's happening here, but it seems like information is stored and transferred in a whole bunch of different locations. Um, and then confirmed at different locations. And this is sort of how the RLN works too, the regulated liability network, where you have the independent partition operators and those partition operators are uh, either central banks or financial institutions. Some of the bigger, um, operators are going to be like JPM. Anyway, so it says it's for its wholesale CBDC, right? So we know there's a, a retail CBDC and there's a wholesale CBDC. Wholesale CBDC is basically between the central bank and the large financial institutions, right? This is a pilot program. The pilot program is known as Project Aguila. And I asked, I asked Jonah to do some research for me today. Let me see if he, let me see if he was able to get that answer for me. Hold on. Did he get me an answer? All right. Jonas MIA. He's probably at work or something, but I wanted to know what, and maybe the chat knows. Here's a nice little trivia question for the chat. What does the Eagle mean to, well, I guess it's two different things, right? It's like, what is the esoteric meaning of Eagle? And 
what does it mean to the Freemasons in a new world order, right? I didn't feel like doing all the Googles, you know, I got other shit I want, but I just wanted to, you know, see what the meaning was so I can pin it because Project Aguila, Aguila in the Philippines, Aguila is the term for eagle. So I know United States, we're very fond of the eagle. That's our national bird. You see it on our money. And, you know, that's like the symbol of America. So I'm trying to figure out what does that mean to the Freemasons? Because the Freemasons basically um, designed this country. Um, and if you don't believe that or know that, I, I can understand not knowing that. But if somebody told it to you, and you're like, no, that's not true. It was here for the founding fathers. The founding fathers were Freemasons. OK, so let's not go there. <laughs> this is all fact. This is all documented. <laughs> I know some of y'all want to believe in the founding fathers, you know, <laughs> it's like believing in Santa Claus. <laughs> Only difference is the founding fathers actually existed, but I don't know what you're. And, and, and again, this is what's called jingoism and jingoism proliferates itself at a very, 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 very young age. I mean, from the day of kindergarten, there's a certain national indoctrination that happens. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, for which it stands. I don't remember, but at some point I remembered that, right? Like we had to recite that over and over again, right? Why did we have to recite that every morning? It is to promote jingoism, right? And then they, they pound you in the head over and over again. Founding fathers, founding fathers, founding fathers over and over again and shit. Yeah, but my teacher didn't tell me the founding fathers were Freemasons. And they didn't tell me that. They didn't tell me how despicable... Alexander Hamilton is, right? They didn't, they didn't talk about that. They didn't talk about central banking when we talked about the founding fathers and how fucking Alexander Hamilton wanted that shit, right? They didn't talk about that shit. And that's another question I wanted, you know, that's the question, that's the conversation I would have had with Vivek. First question, Vivek, what's up with the CBDCs, bro? What are we going to do about that? <laughs> that would be my first question. Do you think Anomaly went there? No, because that's not on Anomaly's plate. CBDCs are the most important thing, but they're not on Anomaly's plate. He's and he, I'm not saying he has to be on top of this. He does not. However, he's not because that's not in the right wing sphere yet. That's not something popular to talk about. It's not going to get the clicks. Once CBDC becomes the thing to get clicks for, then people will start to talk about it. I'm going to talk about it because it's just very fucking fascinating, interesting to see how the new world order is going to roll out the one world coin and lock down everybody as their bitch. To me, it's just fascinating to watch, mostly because I get to see historically how other things got passed. Right. Because everybody's so concerned with where Barack Obama put his dick. Nobody knows what the fuck is going on with the CBDC. They couldn't even tell you what it is. Right. So, again, you know, uh, you 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 give the uh, population um, bread and circus. And uh, you will never have to talk about anything real. Uh, anyway, the interesting thing about this uh, Project Aguila is it's to educate the central bank. The central bank, these guys running the central bank, don't know some fucking dick shit about technology, right? So they got to educate them about the technology and the things that they can and cannot do. So these people have to be educated on the CBDC. And it says they're going to collaborate with financial institutions, which is obvious because it's a wholesale CBDC. Um, it says right here. Guidance came from a report from the IMF. We talked about this before, how the IMF is going to be one of those, you know, Western government bodies that uh, sort of dictates policy. We're still waiting on that handbook, the CBDC handbook from the IMF to be released. I guess it's still in the works. And it says uh, the IMF underlined uh, the IMF report underlined the potential for the Philippines to utilize the CBDC for cross-border payments. Although the Philippines, keep in mind, cross-border payments, right? IMF, is that's what they're dealing. They're dealing in international stuff, right? So it makes sense that they would talk about cross-border payments so you can connect your CBDC to the one world coin, okay? Although the Philippines initially expressed interest in joining the Singaporean multi-CBDC project called Project Dunbar, it's believed that the experiment phase of this project has concluded. Um... I think the reason why that didn't go through is because probably some bureaucracy in the background, but I could be wrong. Right. And there's the Enbridge project. We've covered that in the past. Um, that involves uh, the Bank of International Settlements. That's Hong Kong, Thailand, China, UAE. So that's the BRICS side of things. Right. 
um, the East. So um, it says here BSP's commitment to wholesale CBD implementation says uh, implementation. It says in January 2023, the BSP stated that it would not pursue the retail version of its CBDC. Why? Well, because the focus instead would be on facilitating transactions between financial institutions. And that's not exactly alarming. It makes sense, right? You have a top to bottom approach, right? You would cover how we how is a central bank because it's a central bank digital currency. We're not going to be dealing directly with consumers. We'll be dealing with financial institutions. So let's figure that out first and how that's going to happen. But it says the BSB also unveiled plans to transition the country towards what? A cashless economy. Uh, Alex Jones, Ben told you. Hotep, you're a genius. Hotepjesus.com. Um, you know, what's funny is you can probably search my account for InfoWars. Um, and you can see how far back I've been on this shit. Hold on. I'm going to show y'all. Let's find the oldest tweet I have of InfoWars. I'm going to show you how, how far back. Because motherfuckers think I'm new to this shit. You know what I'm saying? I know a lot of y'all are fucking new to this shit, but I've been red-pilled. I was born red-pilled, okay? So when I ran across Alex Jones, I said, yeah, this the motherfucker I've been looking for. Okay, so I found one of my oldest tweets. It's right here. 2011. 2011 right here. Damn good question. Where do I start? Start here, Infowars.net. This is what I'm telling somebody. 2011, I was telling people, yo, go listen to Infowars. 2011, right here, Infowars.com. 2011, where was y'all at? Was y'all supporting Alex Jones in 2011? Where was y'all at? Hmm? Hotel's been told you. Everyone go to the phone because I'll be right back after the short commercial break. 